Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's Flames Nation Radio. I'm Ryan. He's Shane. We're delivered to you by DoorDash and by Rupert's Whiskey from Eau Claire Distillery, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Uh, It is a regularly scheduled edition of Flames Nation Radio. Uh, We have no breaking news to cover. Uh, Matthew Gachuk and Johnny Gaudreau are still no longer with the Calgary Flames, but uh, there's a lot of other stuff happening league-wide. It's an interesting time, Shane. Uh, right now, uh, if you're uh, a prospect honk like like Shane and I are, uh, right now Jack Beck is at uh, the the Team Canada's World Junior Camp for the 2023 tournament that starts at Christmas time, uh, and that'll run Christmas time. Jack Beck's trying out for the, for that team. Uh, Topi Roni uh, was part of Finland's camp for the upcoming August World Juniors. Did not get named to the team. He wasn't expected to. He's one of the younger guys in the world juniors is uh, we affectionately called a 19 year old tournament as in the players who are in their 19 year old year tend to make up the bulk of the rosters. So that wasn't unexpected. Uh, similarly, William Stromgren uh, did not make the, the 2022 team, nor was he expected to, but he's uh, expected to be in the mix for the 2023 team in, at Christmas. So if you're a Flames fan and you're thinking, Maybe I'll go up to Edmonton for the World Juniors. We got two things for you. One, the odds are the only player that uh, will be wearing red, uh, wearing any kind of international jersey uh, with Flames connections will be uh, Matt Coronado, the 2021 first round pick, the MVP of the Hockey East tournament, uh, the playoff tournament, the guy who dragged Harvard kicking and screaming to the NCAA championship tournament. They did not win, but they made it, and they only made it because uh, Matt Coronado said, jump on my back, boys. I'll, I'll take you there. So, I mean, that'll be good. He, hopefully he has a good tournament. Uh, the other thing we have to tell you is, uh, and given the, for lack of a better term, everything of Hockey Canada and all of that mess nowadays, this shouldn't be surprising between that and the August of it all. There's still tickets available for the World Juniors. Uh, the World Juniors go in Edmonton at Rogers Place, a very nice building. August 9th through 20th. So it's just around the corner. Um, so summer's officially here. What better way to cool off than at the rink during the first ever summer world juniors? Single game tickets for the tournament are on sale now, starting at just 40 bucks. So grab your sunglasses. The brightest stars in the world junior game are coming to Edmonton. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna be at the World Juniors, but I'll be at uh, I'll be in Edmonton the week after that for Backstreet Boys because I'm a simple man with, with like simple pleasures. 
Uh, and because I don't know, I need, I need a couple weeks off just to, just to sleep on my couch and think of cool, cool things. So Shane and I have an interesting show for you guys. It has been, uh, an eventful summer, Shane, so far. It's been a busy offseason. Free agency open. We're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, it's been two weeks into free agency. There have been a lot of things happening, not just for the Calgary Flames, but for teams pretty much league-wide. And so we thought uh, we're going to just go through the Pacific Division and talk to y'all about how teams are looking because, you know, uh, teams that were bad would like to no longer be bad and teams that were good want to stay good. And unfortunately, in a cap system, it's tough to stay good, as we will illustrate with one or two teams in particular. So uh, we're going to go through all eight teams. We're going to do this in reverse standings order, starting with Seattle and ending with Calgary. And we're just going to tell you, you know, talked about we're going to talk about how different the teams are going to be next season and whether or not Shane and I think they got better or worse or stayed about the same so we're going to start off with the uh the newest addition to the Pacific Division the Seattle Kraken uh Seattle were not Vegas last year Seattle were Seattle uh it was a Dude, weird yeah. yeah like the, it was a uh, you know we can say what you want about Ron Francis and his group's approach to the expansion draft. Um, I thought they left some money on the table, but I'm not the one signing the checks. I'm not the one, you know, mapping out. So for all I know, their plan is much, their, their plan is obviously a lot different from what a lot of people were going, wanted them to do or thought they should do. Um, but they've been busy this summer. So here are the, since uh, the off season began, here's more or less what Seattle have done. Uh, they haven't really lost anyone a significant soft last season's roster. They have a few players who are pending free agents, but they they basically sold off everything of value at the trade deadline. They they sold off Mark Giordano. They sell off Callie Arncroft. They, they sold off a lot of dudes. And here are the new faces for the Kraken next year, wearing various shades of blue with that one stripe of red that represents the Kraken's eye. I love that logo. Uh, they got in no particular order, Andre Burkowski, Martin Jones, Justin Schultz, Shane Wright, and Oliver Bjorkstrand. Shane Wright, they got it fourth overall. He's expected to probably play this coming season. And uh, I know, you know, people going, oh, Shane Wright, he fell to fourth overall. Maybe he's not very good. Shane Wright is very good. Oh, yeah, he's uh, so good. Is he, you know, Uras Lefkowski good? Maybe I don't know. I I really like Shane Wright. I feel I'll say I'll say this. I liked what Scott Wheeler said. Scott Wheeler when he was doing his prospect rankings, he said he left Wright ahead of Slavkovsky because he said just because the Canadians took him doesn't mean I should change how my scouting perception of him was. So yeah, I'll say this: um, Shane Wright was an exceptional status player in the OHL. He has been washed like a hawk from NHL scouts since he was fifteen. Especially, yeah. especially sure. since he was 16. You know, he's been, he, he, exceptional stats means you can jump into the major junior ranks early. So not only, you know, by the time uh, a player reaches their draft eligible year, they've been looked at pretty intensely for two full major junior seasons. Granted, he lost uh, a full major junior season because of COVID and the stoppage and lost uh, uh, the playoffs of his other season because of the COVID stoppage. So he's had some gaps, but, you know, he's been looked at very, very, very intently since he was 15, 16 years old. And so I'll say this, you know, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, when you're watching the same player over and over and over and over and over and over and over again, maybe you're just looking for flaws at that point. Um, 
You mean, and that's sort of what you do if you're a scout. You're looking for, you know, you're as much looking for why shouldn't we draft this guy as much as you are, why should we? But I'll just say this Shane Wright's friggin' good. But I, I really like Shane Seattle's offseason. Uh, they got they, another Shane. definitely not done either, just based on the fact that they have three goalies signed. So I think, correct me wrong, I believe Chris Drieger had an injury, and Martin Jones is, I believe, an injury insurance policy not a bad insurance policy too uh but you know burkowski good andre bergstrand is you know yeah oliver's bergstrand very good like you're basically added you know burkowski hasn't had to be a top line player but i think he has the capability and he held that chance uh bjorkstrand really good middle six forward he can play anywhere you need him to uh justin schultz Power, you know, he's a he's a specialist, but I think he, there's a lot of there's a lot of value there. I I really like what Seattle did. I mean, I they had terrible luck last year with COVID, with injuries, with chemistry. I don't really know Shane if Seattle ever had their full group together at any given time. I don't think they of all knew the what their top nine. I don't think they knew what their top nine what they wanted it to be personally. Uh, like like they they were mixing and matching and trying to see what would work and they couldn't score for the longest time. Uh, they weren't as bad as they were made out to be. Their goaltending last year was historically atrocious, and compared to their actual defensive metrics, their goaltending was unreal bad level of bad. Uh, via TSN, uh, Drieger suffered an ACL injury. I believe he's out seven to nine months, so he'll be. Yeah, he he got injured during the Worlds. He's probably out for, let's see, if he had knee surgery June 6th, then seven to nine months would be somewhere between January and March, he might be back. So, yeah, it's so you basically, Martin Jones replaces Drieger for all intents and purposes, and it's Philip Grubauer and Martin Jones is a pairing. That's pretty good. There's no way they're going to be as bad as they were last year, both defensively puck luck goaltending however you want to look at i think seattle will be better i don't know how much better but it's not like they could be a lot worse than last year and i think they're i think they've been a lot more uh instructive with how and you know uh, purposeful with the guys they brought in this offseason in terms of the gaps they see in their current roster they've got we we don't it doesn't show up maybe but they've also got michael company who's got some experience that kind of gives them a good kind of batch of seven nhl defensemen when you include Borg and Susie and they got Schultz to actually move the puck and quarterback the power play, which he comes at a lot cheaper price tag than Klingberg did. And there was a lot of Seattle Klingberg rumors. Um, There was Seattle Gaudreau rumors made no sense to me. Well, they had the month, they had money, right. And they used it on a lot of it on Burakovsky and Bjorkstrand. Um, Number one thing, I wouldn't be surprised. Seattle's taking this very clearly. They're taking the let's build it properly route and let's build a team that can last. They've got two hella good center prospects in Beniers and Wright, and it wouldn't shock me if they don't rush right. And if he gets to training camp and he's not where he needs to be, they'll, in terms of NHL competitiveness, they send him back to junior. Now, yeah. that's uncommonly heard of for people that have this much high tout, but if it's what he needs and if it truly helps him, they did it to Beniers. I'll, 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 say, I'll say this, though. They have the ability. like They, they, they don't have high in depth which is the challenge for them. And I don't think they'll compete for the playoff spot this year, but they have the ability to shelter, use their veteran guys to shelter Beneers and ride a bit. And like, they're going to be, I think they're going to lose a fair amount of games next year, but like 
eight o'clock if for eight o'clock games folks if, if the flames aren't playing uh t- tune into seattle this year because uh veneers and Wright will be worth watching and i think a lot of the other guys they have on their roster that you know they, they they've got an interesting group and i think as they gel and as they get more cohesive i think that's going to be a really fun group to watch i think i think if if they're group stays healthy i don't think they're near the bottom of the division i think they're mid-pack and they're maybe with trade deadline there's outside shot at wild card positioning i don't think they make the playoffs but i still think they need one more major puck mover on the back end and i think they need just honestly just time and experience for their their star power to develop and they've already got all of the they've got every other piece they need they just need the star power (laughs) i think give the give those kids one or two years learning that system and learning for the veterans they have. And I think they'll be in good shape. They need, not they this need year. a game changing defenseman though. Like, like most teams that win cups, they have a number clear cut number one D and apologies to Jamie Alexiak, who is a fantastic shutdown guy. He's not a pure cut number one. He's no Drew Doughty. He's no, he's a good second. He's a really head. good second pairing guy. Yeah. Really, so really good. They, they really need to, for them to take an extra step. They really need that defenseman that can do both both sides of the puck so i i like seattle i i think i like what they're doing they've got a lot of draft picks they got three second rounders coming up this 2023 draft so they'll just continue to build nice and slow and do their own thing and i respect that i respect ron francis's approach to this so all right boyo let's go to disneyland uh uh, far south from seattle on the west coast uh the anaheim ducks who they uh they have a, a new uh, a new man behind the helm, uh, Pat Verbeek, who got appointed uh, midseason. This is a, he had his first draft as Ducks GM, uh, and you know he's putting his, his stamp on on the team. They he's lost during the offseason. Ryan, Ryan Getzlaff, uh, you know, retired. So, you know, good, good on you, Ryan Getzlaff. Hell of a career, and they they've been kind of they've been kind of quiet. They have uh, they have uh, another. Just a slew of good prospects. I kind of like what they've done. Uh, they they got some bodies for uh, for uh, for Hampus Lindholm at the trade deadline, the and they, they added uh, they added Ryan Strom and Frank Petrano and Oli Ulevi, who I don't know he's he's basically an only matter replacement on their blue line. Actually, Oli is LA. I'm sorry, uh, but yeah, they they uh, you know they got Oli Ulevi. Uh, I like Strom because it basically gives them another Ryan. That'll be fun because they lost. You know, Ryan Kessler is done. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff is retired, so they needed another Ryan. So Ryan Strom, I think, was a very savvy move there. And Frank Vitrano, rock solid. And I think they're just they're just going to wait for their kids to keep percolating and maturing. I mean, the the, the kids they had, like Trevor Zegers, had a very good year last year, and a lot of their other kids, like they have they have youth up and down their lineup. And I think it's just a matter of time for them. Like they, they, I think they, how well they do depends on if Zegris can take a step and go from being an interesting guy in the middle six to being more of a, a driver. Of number one, success. like a, a yeah. true number one C. Yeah. He's got the talent. He's got all that talent yeah. in the frigging world. That kid is maybe the most pure skilled in terms of puck handling in the NHL already at 21. So him and uh, McTavish is a nice big bodied center that can, in theory, come in and replace Getzlaff. Yeah. They, um, they kind of remind me of Seattle in that respect. Whereas if you look at the yeah. Ducks lineup, they didn't really lose anybody. I mean, you know, Getzlaff was yeah. sort of a complimentary piece when he, you know, at the end of the, his run anyway. 
But it, last year was basically it was the kids' season. They they handed over the reins to most of the kids. Uh, when Lindholm got got you know booted out, they sort of gave a bit more opportunity to some of their young defensemen. And I think you know they're again we talk about Seattle being a, a fun team to watch the next couple of years. Anaheim's already a fun team to watch. Like you never know what Zegers is going to do, and that's worth watching. And you know if Mason McTavish can sort of take that step and sort of become an impact guy. And Zegers can go from being like, I thought Zegers was an impact guy last year, but can he be he was. a difference maker? I had him on my, uh, I had him in my fantasy team for a long, long time. I picked him up when he started off on the, on a heater at the start of the year and his number. Well, I, I, I had him on my Calder ballot. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's a um, little bit better brag than my fantasy team. Although I think I, I have uh, my fantasy team too. Yeah. You, you've got that extra weapon on me. Um, they do look, I thought when you said they look like Seattle, it is very similar because it's Beneers and Wright versus Zegers and McTavish. But Anaheim has that one piece we just talked about. They have the Drysdale of it all. They have that defenseman that is a puck mover and he's learning to play at a super high level. He's done it all. Iman- imagine, imagine Jamie Drysdale in two years. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. He yeah. touches every part of their game and look every game he plays, he gets a little bit better. Look at Bull and Byram just did. Guys like that can get good, uh, f- really good fast. And they it, they haven't thrown him into the deep end because they've had Shattenkirk and Fowler and Lindholm for most of last year to ease him into it. And, the, and I, with with no Lindholm, a little bit more responsibility for Drysdale next year, and a little bit a little bit less sheltering. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think I think that's the difference for me between the Ducks and, and Seattle right now is that I think, and I think this will become sort of a trend as we go up the coast. I think if you look at some of the the the, the teams that have those young guys, the ones that, are, that have been able to sort of you know surround them with the right kinds of veterans, I think they're, those are the teams that are really having that success so far or are primed for success because you have the oh, ability yeah. to sort of ease guys in and not really say, well, good luck and throw them in the deep end. So yeah, I, I, I think the ducks have had, they, you know, they haven't had a terribly eventful off season, but I think the move they've made have all been very smart. Going forward to like, there's tons of cap space. They're actually below the floor right now, but next year they have to pay Troy Terry and Trevor Zegris significant raise and Drysdale significant raises. So um, the, the money they can't get too liberal with spending long term money because they're gonna they they already have the guys they know they're gonna need it for. So um, even if both of them took a semi step back, they're still getting significant raises. So I don't think Anaheim's gonna do nothing too crazy. They might not get a botched trade deal this year um, as long as everyone files their uh, proper trade clauses with the NHL, and uh, we'll all go. Yeah. I not a playoff team by, by any means in my, and by my estimation, they have the goalie and, and I just feel the talent that they need. The high end talent is just still too young. I, I feel, I feel quick. like they'll, they, they'll be like a team. that's like 10 points out of the wild card. And like, you'll be, I think at the end of the season, we'll be able to look at the ducks and go, okay, can, can the guy, can the kids in 23, 24 be, a, be like five wins better. The Ducks too have this prospect. I'm I'm so jealous they got him. Um, they've got a Alan Zellweger who is an unreal every silver tips, and he might like like his numbers and his metrics and everything he does points to him being a future like impact NHL defenseman. So I'm very intrigued. I actually wouldn't be surprised based on their lower end here: Urko Vakainen, Colin White, Josh Mahura, and Simone Benoit. 
if he cracked the team. I wouldn't be surprised at training camp if they gave Zeller. If, if, if not, club. if not that, he'll be he'll be one of those people that we're going to watch when the San when the San Diego Bulls come up to town to play the Wranglers or the wherever the hell the Flames are going to call their firm team. <laughs> the, the Calgary question marks. The, the Calgary placeholders. Uh, when San Diego comes to town, folks, if Zellweger is in the lineup, just go out of your way to watch because he's yeah, he's damn it. good and he's, he's just he touches every game. part of the game. Uh, moving up the coast uh, to Silicon Valley, the San Jose Sharks. Uh, it's a, it's been a really eventful offseason for the Sharks, and I think in a good way. Uh, Mike Greer made history as, as the first African American uh, general manager in NHL history. Uh, his brother, Hell I believe, yeah. is what an NFL GM. He is. Yeah, he Isn't was that crazy. Florida. Good yeah, family. That's that's uh, just hilarious to me. They I that they, was they they just named David Quinn uh, their head coach, formerly of the of Boston University and the New York Rangers, uh, David Quinn. And it's like so. Uh, let's look at the, the exits first. So Brent Burns, uh, with a good chunk of his salary retained, I believe a third of his salary retained or thirty four percent of his salary retained, sent to Carolina. Uh, Ryan DeZingle left in a free agency. He's kind of significant. He's a name, at least. Uh, but look at the names that San Jose has added in the offseason. Uh, Luke Coonan. They got Stephen Lorenz from uh, from Carolina. They got Matt Benning. They got Nico Sturm. They got Oscar Lindblom, who uh, got bought out by uh, Philadelphia as they were trying to make room for Johnny Gaudreau and didn't quite make it. Uh, <laughs> San Jose, like San Jose, again, they're, they're a team. Their farm system, like we saw, you know, we saw last year the San Jose Sharks basically missing a, like a third of their team half their team because of covid they came into calgary and beat the flames with a, an nhl roster that basically looked like, like the san jose barracuda they have a really deep farm system full of guys who can step in and help out in terms of impact players uh the guys who are starting to ease in they're not quite there yet they're basically i would argue this about the the ducks and the sharks the ducks i think have more high-end players in their system, in their farm system that they can integrate into their NHL roster than the, than the Sharks do. But I think the Sharks have a lot of depth, and I think the Sharks have, like, probably more guys that can be plugged in than the Ducks do. And I think, you know, uh, last year I think the, the Sharks were better than the Ducks a little bit because they had those guys who can plug and play. And I think the big question is, can those plug and play guys take the, the next step and be – Difference makers, because I think if you look at the, the if you look at the the up and down of the Sharks roster, I mean, uh, you know, Lindblom, good, Benning, good, Lorenz, really underrated, Kunin, good. He didn't quite really have. You know, I think Minnesota is a little bit here. deeper than than the Sharks are, so I think Kunin's going to have a bigger role. But I I really like. I think it's just be a question of they have so many new faces and a new head coach. And so everybody's going to be learning a new coach. And with all their new guys, they'll all be learning the coach and learning the system and learning each other. And I think that could be a challenge for, for the Sharks. But for, for the first, for, you know, they've, they, I think they've done a lot of good things this offseason. And I, I think they're one of the more interesting teams to watch this year. Coonan um, also came from Nashville. Uh, he was originally Minnesota, but he, he, was, he was stuck down on Nashville's right side. Um, I, he, had a, he didn't have a great year, but he's – better better position to have a better season with the sharks for sure uh, the, the thing that scares me about the sharks long term is they have a bunch of decent forward prospects decent to great william Eklund. they they had a debate on whether or not he should stay last year after his nine game tryout and like it was a long debate apparently i wouldn't be surprised to see him all season long on the sharks and that's that's a high-end prospect that he was one of the guys that in that draft I, w- I was 
thinking he was a top three talent. So that that's significant. They've got a couple guys from the Western League. Tristan Robbins um, is one of them that he could take a significant step as well. These are all guys that are graduating from junior ranks and or coming from Europe. Thomas Bordalo played in the minors last year. He Bordalo is good. Real Bordalo good. is very good. Yes. And, and th- those are three forwards in their minors that they can add to their team as well. All those guys you just mentioned, Steven Lorenz, good fourth line guy knows his jobs. Nico Sturm, Stanley cup champion. Uh, bring, bring that into the room. Barabanov is a good, like, he never got a shot with the Leafs and he's been just fine with the Sharks, but they. Barabanov's a really good complimentary middle six guy where he can, he can do whatever you need him to do and he'll do it well. Their, their forward group is great. Their goaltending needs work. It's young. Uh, I don't, Kakinen, I like Kakinen and Reimer and Hill, but something's got to give two UFA goalies and their D is if, if Eric Carlson's not top level, Eric Carlson, and we know Mark Edward Vlasic isn't, what he used to be at seven million dollars. The defense just—it's not as—it's not as strong as he need to be. Mario Ferraro's great, and he needs a contract here. He's a great piece, but they need more. It's not good enough. It's not a good enough. NHL I, I think they—they—it feels like they're waiting for. It feels like they're waiting for some money to come off the books so they can grab a defenseman mm-hmm. or make a trade to make a defenseman. But yeah, I, I think they're—they're they're a team that's sort of reliant on team defense because their blue line group on its own and their goaltending on its own isn't good enough to really do what they needed to do. But I mean, they're going to be in the mix. I don't know if they, I don't think the sharks make the playoffs, but I think, I think they've definitely taken a step forward. I'm just not sure if it's a big enough step forward this off season. Based, based on what some other teams in the division did, I don't think the Sharks did anything super other than Lin, Lindblom was their most significant addition. And if you count Ek, William Eklund coming over him as their most significant addition, those two were the most significant things they did in terms of additions. And that's just, that doesn't scream that moving the needle in a general proper direction. They're in a wait and see mode. They, they're not in a rush. Timo Meyer intrigues me because his qualifying offer is 10 million this year and he can walk himself to free agency the same as Kachuk after this season. So, so you're, you're be... saying, you're saying in a year, we're going to be talking about Timo Meyer going to the Florida Panthers. Yeah. 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 He'll be signing eight by nine and a half and they'll get, uh, or, get or, Reinhardt. <laughs> or, or what will happen is somehow the, the friggin' the Tampa lighting will figure out a way to get Timo Meyer. And then we'll all be like, Sure. What's it, what everyone is the salary go, cap anyway? Everyone just go play in Florida. That's that's apparently the new thing. Everyone just wants the sunshine. People from San Jose, it's the thing they say all the time. Once you play in San Jose, you don't tend to want to leave. Like there was rumors about Hurdle leaving, Thornton leaving when he was there, Marlowe. None of them leave. The 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 old- <laughs> The only thing that, that's bad about San Jose is the uh, the local airport has a has a curfew. So uh, when yeah. the flames when the flames went in there. I think they're on the road trip, uh, the last road trip of the season, they were coming up from uh, from uh, SoCal and they played and they flew up, but they missed the curfew. So they had to fly to Oakland and then take a bus down to the hotel. Yeah. Just a weird setup. Let's go up the coast uh, to Vancouver where the Canucks basically had two seasons. They had the season where they sort of muddled around and were kind of okay and very frustrating to watch because they should have been better. And then Bruce Boudreaux showed up and they were good. Taylor, and, two coaches. Yeah, I mean, and Bruce Boudreaux, he's a really good coach, 
and seems to have found a really nice spot there. Uh, Patrick Alvine is in his first full season as general manager of the NHL, previously an AGM in Pittsburgh, um, you know, really savvy guy. And they've, you know, they, they have some cap stuff to figure out and I don't think they're done making moves. Uh, there's the perpetual rumor that they're looking to move JT Miller. Who knows what happens with that? Uh, they, they lost Yarrow Halak uh, this off season, but they're going to go internal for the backup. Uh, and the guys they added, they've had a really interesting offseason because uh, they added uh, from uh, the KHL, Andre Kuzmenko. They added from, uh, you know, former Flame, Curtis Lazar, Guy Smiley, uh, who's really, you know, I'll give, give Curtis Lazar credit. He's carved himself out, you know, a, a pretty decent NHL career after, you know, just didn't work out in Calgary. And, you know, you always like to see people succeed because, uh, you know, Curtis, very nice kid. Uh, and Ilya Mikheyev comes in from uh, Toronto, got got a, a decent payday from the Canucks. And, you know, the, the Canucks, they, uh, they're they an intriguing team because do I like their goaltending? Yes, Thatcher Demko is very good. Do they like their blue line? Eh, they don't love it. It's fine. It's not good. It's, it's, it's I like San Jose's it's, blue line better. <laughs> yeah, like that's, but they got a they got better goaltending than uh, the Sharks do. And do I like their forward group? Oh, yes, I definitely like their forward group. And I think I think the, the the I think the challenge for the the Canucks is can they do enough to support their goaltending with team defense? Because their goaltending is good enough. Like the, they let they let Jacob Markstrom walk to free agency because they believe in Thatcher Demko and. Having seen Thatcher Demko a lot over the last few years, I'd say I would believe in him too. He's very good, but yeah. is he? Can he be? Can they do what they need to do to make life easy enough on him that he is can't he can progress from being very good to being borderline great? Like the, I'll say this: we'll talk about the Flames at the very end. I think one of the things that the Flames did really well, much better uh, than they did in, in the bubble season, is. They used team defense and systems and checking and a bunch of different things that they did to make Jacob Markstrom's life easier. And I would say if the Canucks can get a little bit better at doing those kind of things, then I think Demko is the man for the job. And I think Demko can get them. I, I they, they, To me, they feel like a team that'll be either in the playoffs or frustratingly close to a spot. Like they're, they're either going to be in or they're going to be tearing their hair out because of how close they got. They give me late 2000s flames vibes or early to early, like 2010 flames vibes. Like the guys that are like, Oh yeah, you've got all the talent there. You've got the high end guys. Um, but you're not quite there. If someone had a crystal ball and they could look into the future and they told me that Thatcher Demko would win the Vesna in any of the next three seasons, I wouldn't dispute that. He's an unreal goaltender. He really is. He's one of the higher end ones. Personally. I, I when you watch him play his fundamentals, his holes, there's not a lot there. So the fact that they're not a playoff team with a goaltender that good, that speaks to how bad their defense is. Uh, Quinn Hughes is an unreal offensive defenseman. He needs to get the defensive part of his game around. Oliver Ekman Larson had a bounce back season. He had a better impact season than he was having his years wanting out of Arizona. Didn't quite do it. Tyler Myers, we, everyone loves to make fun of for the reasons of he's getting paid way too much to do what he does. And uh, But the, I like what they did. They, have, they brought in Dermott. They brought in Ilya Mikheyev. They brought in some good impact guys that were blocked in the path in Toronto. Um, the forward group looks fine. I, I never like everyone's all high on Kuzmenko, but I'm iffy with KHL guys. Like, are they going to, they're not all Artemi Panarin's. They can't all come over and instantly succeed. Some of them turn out to be Roman Trevankas. Like 
we'll have to see how this season plays out with Kuzmenko before I have, I'm not going to instantly be like, Oh yeah, no, he's a godsend for the Canucks. He he's got to prove it. And if he does prove it, they got to pay him. He's a UFA after this. The other kicker is but if so he doesn't prove it, if they if he doesn't prove it, he didn't cost them anything, and he can well, just walk, good. and there's no problem with it. So it like I can totally understand the the gamble. He's nine hundred and fifty thousand dollars against the cap, and if he sucks, it doesn't matter. Well, he Hoglander can feed him. The thing is, Niels Hoglander is a real bona fide top six playmaking winger. So he he was a steal for them in the second round. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm interested to see how the season goes. They didn't extend Besser long term, which is unlikely of people who score goals like him. Uh, Patterson, he's an RFA after two years. It, it but feels like they come to the law of their tough decisions. Well, they they this is you know we talked about the flame like you, flames aren't going to be the only teams that have pending UFA questions because Bo Horvat and JT Miller still haven't signed, and when your captain's not signed, it's going to raise flags. It's why. He's your UFA. He could have signed a deal at any point in time since free agency opened. Why? And and uh, who are they keeping? I assume it's going to be Horvat because you use wow, JT Miller's money to pay Horvat, and then maybe you try to improve your defense next summer. But I mean, it's it's a tough sell. Like if if the the, the if the the tale of the twenty two twenty three Canucks will be if only they had better defense. I mean, we can show we can say that now. Being like, oh, how is this going to work? They they feel like they need one more, like three million, four million dollar defenseman. They don't have the money, uh, and they've got that tied up in Tucker Pullman, like like long term. So, yeah, I Jim Benning left them a mess. Let's just let's just say that I I don't think this is a quick fix. I think there's going to be a lot of wasted talent in Vancouver. They don't strike me as a cup contender. And I really don't think based on the other four teams we're going to talk about here that they are better than them in any one way to get a playoff spot. So right. they're going to be, they're going to be frustrating. Like we're going to, we're going to, we your Canucks fan, our friends at Canucks army, high quads, high favor. High quads. You're, you're going to be at the end of the season. We'll be sitting here in April looking at who made the playoffs and who didn't. And we'll probably be able to point out like, five games, 10 games where the defense was just not quite good enough to help out that Demko bail amount. And that's mm-hmm. imagine, imagine if they had the cap space to make that maybe they'll, maybe they'll surprise us. And whenever they do any kind of JT Miller trade, they'll figure it out. If presumably they do that because no one really has cap space for JT Miller league wide. Based on positioning too, they Dickinson's getting paid too much for what he brought for another two years. Pearson 3.25. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. I mean, he's a he's a veteran that brings the like they don't have a forward over thirty, do they? Oh yeah, Dowling, but like they don't have a forward over thirty right now. So you'd think that they'd have it all figured out, but they're just. I think they're moving in the right direction now. They've got Rutherford at the helm. They've got a they added a massive analytics department to actually help them out. So they, they, and they're they're they they were probably one of the more active teams off of the ice in terms of hmm. Patrick Alvin talking to people on hockey and saying who's smart, who's good, who's awesome. And then he just hired everybody. He, yeah, you know, between, he between Seattle and Vancouver, everyone who you think, man, why does Pacific this hire them? They all got, they all got hired. They all got hired. So the I next mean, hockey analytics conference will be in Seattle. Cause Lucan moved from Columbus to Seattle and everyone's already there. So that's <laughs> just what's yeah. going to happen. It works. It works. Well, we'll, uh, we're plaid. Talking about grunge and sip sip coffee while talking about goals above replacement. Uh, sounds like a dream to me. Don't don't tease me with a good time. Oh well, that'll happen. It'll happen before not. And uh, as an awkward transit, uh, Shane, do you like ribs? I love ribs. Do you know what's happening throughout the months of August? No. So uh, Montana is there. They have their uh, not just rib fest. They have rib tour. So it's rib fest uh, during the month of August. Uh, I believe it runs to the through the end of the month. Uh, and, it, and what they're doing is they have their, their all you can eat ribs promotion seven days a week to the end of the summer. And that's, that sounds good up on its own. Uh, I don't know if anyone has been to Montana's for ribs, but they're meaty, they're saucy. They have really good sides. They have cornbread. They have baked beans. Like basically if you just want to eat delicious food and then just lay around feeling contented and full rib fest is like, it's your rib fest. It's, it's what it's all about. So this year, what they're doing kind of cool they're doing a rib tour and you go to ask yourself what the hell is a rib tour what they're doing is they're they're putting on events throughout the country and they're basically putting on you know they have games like you can play cornhole you can have food you can do face painting and you can sample the ribs so if you're someone who's on the fence about all you can eat ribs and i'm sure there's two or three of you out there this is the event for you uh the one in calgary is at sandy beach park friday August the 5th. It's just around the corner in a week and a bit. Uh, so if, you, if you're if you on the fence about all you can eat ribs and rib fest, go to, uh, the, rib, go to the, the rib tour, Sandy Beach Park uh, along the elbow, Friday, August 5th in Calgary. Uh, there's uh, events uh, throughout the country, throughout the, I believe they, they're making like 15 or 20 stops. Again, Calgary one is August 5th. Ribs, ribs, ribs. And some very tasty sides. Uh, if you want, if you want to have all you can eat ribs, you got to go to a restaurant and pay money for it. But it's worth it. If you just want to sample the ribs, 
the rib tour is the place to be. So that is our cheap plug for this delicious, delicious ribs. I'll say this, however many wet naps they give you won't be enough. So uh, just Especially I, if you've I was, got this going on. <laughs> exactly. So either <laughs> shave first or, you know, maybe bring like, bring like, you know, a bucket of water and like a, some soap and then just sort of, you know, you know, use the wet naps to clean up the immediate emergency mess and then just use like a big cloth to sort of get the rest of it off. Especially if you have, you know, a mane on your face like Shane does. Cause you know, I'm, I imagine like, I have a shock. There's not food in there all the time. That's why oh, I food. usually keep this like this because I'd get food caught in there. If you were talking to my significant other, she would tell you there is food in here all the time. And she is gracious enough to let me know. My ideal diet is uh, that of Ron Swanson's from Parks and Rec. So uh, rib fest, rib tour all anything ribs sounds perfect to me and yeah i purposely haven't ate wings with sauce on them for two years because it's just too much work so uh but i would do it for ribs wings no ribs yes get your ribs rib tour august 5th so now we're into the now we're into the uh the 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 back the the top four teams in the, the pacific last year we're starting off with the vegas golden knights uh, Vegas has a new coach in Bruce Cassidy, formerly of the Boston Bruins. Uh, they have made no significant ads. They have Shea Weber's dead money. That is their significant ad of the offseason. Uh, they have lost uh, Matthias Janmark, depending if you think he's significant or not. They have lost Evgeny Dodonov, who they traded to get Shea Weber's dead money so they can use LTIR shenanigans to make their money work. And they got Matt Pacioretty. And Dylan Coughlin sent to Carolina for absolutely nothing. For so SFA. Yeah. So they they gave up uh, significant assets to get Mac, Max Patchy ready. And then they say, bye for nothing. This is the cap era, folks. Uh, when you when you use cap shenanigans, uh, you know, they're basically, you know, uh, Brad Living used the phrase uh, to talk about cap math in the years past, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And they basically rob Max to pay Jack Eichel because they simply, when you've got a guy making Jack Eichel money, you simply don't have the ability to have guys further down the rotation making less. And they need to have their fourth line guys making fourth line money. And to be blunt, if you asked Carolina, will you bail us out and take on a fourth liner? It wouldn't do enough to bail out Vegas. So Vegas, I'm, I'm, they're basically banking on uh, the guys who had down years last year having bounce back years, and they're banking on, you know, Bruce Cassidy being the, 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 the Vegas whisperer out there and getting more out of everybody. I don't they're, know how it's going to work. Their top six doesn't look as deadly as it did the years before. Their depth last year was insane compared to this year. Um, personally, personally, I think they had to keep Riley Smith to show people that they're loyal to at least somebody. And that's cost them Max Patch ready. Because I would have rather kept Patches than Smith in terms of impact. But you, how are you going to draw players to you if just they, everyone is they, a they also kept Brett Howden. So they re-signed Brett Howden and Riley Smith and basically punted a bunch of guys out of town to make the math work. And I mean, okay. I mean, uh, cool. They, but I bet you Laurent Brassois gets traded when he gets healthy. He, he was ended the year on IR, so they can't move him. Like he's he's locked in. But Logan Thompson is their guy. Like, like he, he came was really on last year. He was really good last year for Henderson. He proved that he belonged. He he's young. He's cheap. 
He's he's a good one point eight million dollars cheaper than oh, oh, Barbara Scott. Logan, for those of you who didn't watch a lot of the American League last year, Logan Thompson wasn't let's say Dustin Wolf good, but he was pretty close. And when you have a goalie in your system who's pretty close to being the best goalie in the league, and he's making significantly less money than the other guy is, there's a reason to put him in there. But they're basically again, they're basically. You know, they're they're leaning on their guys and hoping that their goaltending bounces back and hoping that their D bounces back and hoping that their forwards bounce back. They have a lot of holes they gotta fill. They still got they have what do they have? Negative 1.39 million cap space. So I don't think we see all these RFAs sign until the season starts because they have to be compliant when the season starts. Then they can kick in Weber's LTIR, and then they can sign Hag, Kolasar, and and Nikola Waugh. Because they all need contracts, specifically Hag. Hags is going to be a couple million. He's been an impact defenseman for them for a few years. He he kind of like their top six D is here's the kicker Vegas. Their six defensemen dwarf almost everybody in the division except Calgary. It is it is very deep. Zach Whitecloud is severely underrated for what he does defensively. And then they've got McNabb, Theodore Martinez, and Petrangelo. It is an unreal stack of defense there. Um, ben Hutton's your extra guy, a veteran that can fill in and sit in the press box via Mark uh, Michael Stone style. Um, yeah, like their defense is unreal. Their goaltender Leonard's good if he's on his thing. He he had a lot of issues with the last coach, so we'll see how uh, how Bruce Cassidy goes because there was rumors. Um, there, there's a lot of not nice things come out of Boston um, in relations to players and Cassidy. Um, things like David Krejci leaving and Bergeron being hesitant to resign. They got rid of the coach. They're hoping that can fix the Bruins problem. So all that off ice stuff, all the trade stuff, Vegas is still an absolute mess to me. And I love watching it. Okay. Here's the question. Here's the operative question. So Flames fans, I know you're thinking, damn, it'd be so nice to go see a, a Flames game in Vegas and B, a Flames win in Vegas. So the Flames games in Vegas next year, both on Thursdays for some reason. They play their February 23rd, a Thursday. The second half of back-to-back, they're in Arizona the night before playing at Arizona State University against the oh Arizona God. State Sun Coyotes. And then in Sun March, State they're back Sun. again. They're back again. This time they have a day between visits to Arizona State. Uh, they'll be there they're on Thursday, March the 16th, uh, 8 o'clock Mountain Start in scenic las vegas uh if you're to be blood friends if you're if you're going should i go down to a very game in vegas the answer is yes you know you're going oh. to and your best bet is i would say if i were you and i'm not you but if i were you and i had the time money and inclination to go go down on uh the 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 monday or tuesday before uh the flames play in arizona on the 14th you can watch that at any of the various sports bars or places with pools in scenic las vegas uh, and then get tickets to go to the game at T-Mobile on the 16th. And then Flames play Dallas at home on uh, on the Saturday. So, good, you know, cheap plug. If you want to go down to Vegas, the March 16th game, you can you can split. Then the Friday, St. Patrick's Day. And then you fly home hungover on the Saturday in time for the Flames game. You Boom. could. We just you figured could, out your week. You could still, you could take a day, rent a car, and get to Arizona and back, too. Like, you could. You could good go. luck getting tickets, though. Yeah, well, yeah, you have so, to buy them. So, Mike Gold might buy them all on you. Jane, we figured out we figured out the, the travel plans for Flames fans going to Vegas. Do you think the Flames will win a game in Vegas this coming season? I sure as hell hope so. <laughs> like, come on. 
statistically, it's got to happen here. It's been what, like, five, five seasons? Yeah, well, you know, I'm still one of the seasons they the didn't play Vegas. Anaheim, so. One of the seasons was the bubble year and they didn't play Vegas at all. So really, they're 0 for 4 in terms of seasons playing Vegas and not winning in Vegas. The Flame, Flames fans will agree with me. We have had years of scarred torture in Anaheim. So this new, this it just transferred to Vegas. Like when when the Anaheim torture ended, it just transferred to Vegas. So it went up. It went up. They, up. they went up the interstate past Barstow and landed in Vegas. My official answer is I sure as hell hope so because they're good enough. I'm I'm gonna say they do it. I'm gonna say they do it, and I'm gonna say they do it the day before St. Patrick's Day. That's the first win. They lose in they lose in February, second half of back to back, and then the next month they exercise some demons and beat beat Vegas in Vegas. So you just need to beat Vegas at home because beating Vegas is very important in terms of trying to make the playoffs. So, and and just for the psychology of all. Uh, speaking of another, uh, now we're into the playoff teams from this year. Well, I'm uh, ready for this one. The LA Kings. Uh, the LA Kings. Their significant loss is Martin Furk, which I like Martin Furk. I'm not sure how significant he was. Uh, they gained Kevin Fiala. They gave up uh, a draft pick and Brock uh, Brock Faber to the Minnesota Wild. That I like that trade. I like Fiala. I, I like the Kings. They, they, you know, the, the Kings. Uh, they bet big on Adrian Kempe. They extended him. They've they have a good team. They they have some young guys who are good. They have some older guys that are good. Uh, Sean Dursey is very good. Uh, you know, Kempe, like I mentioned, got got paid. Cal Peterson's a very capable goalie. Jonathan Quick had a bounce back year, so they gave two pretty good goalies. Uh, the Kings, and they also have a good farm system. They're they're a team that basically they I'll just be blunt about it. They ate a lot of shit the last couple of years uh, because they were bad and they weren't all. They also weren't particularly fun to watch. But they 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 drafted well. They made some smart moves. They let their kids percolate in Ontario in the American League, mm-hmm. and now I think they're ready. They have young they're guys ready. coming up, and they have a lot of young guys who are just below we're making that push. And I think that's, I, I, I think the Kings are at least as good as they were a year ago. Um, Dowdy's a year older, which isn't great. Uh, Jonathan Quick's a year older, which isn't great, but Dowdy's older, but you got a Jersey. Uh, you, got older, you got Peterson. Mikey Anderson. Defense doesn't get flashy and put up on the headlines, but Mikey Anderson is a defensive defenseman. If you look at a lot of his metrics, I know fans have been clamoring to get Uyghur information. Mikey Anderson looks like a young Mackenzie Uyghur in terms of his defensive impact. Give him like two or three years. Give things out of the zone. So he may not be flashy, but he is super important, super important to the success of the Los Angeles Kings. And he can keep Doughty going. The other thing is they're going to get Matt Roy back. He missed all last year pretty much. And you you said they've got Dursey. They've got Jordan Spence. Alex Edler came back cheap. They've got the two goalies. They've got Sean Walker still as well. So they've got Doughty Walker, uh, Roy on the right side, and they have Dursey's a right shot too. So they've got more pieces than they need, which is good because last year they suffered so many injuries. But getting Fiala, Fiala was the third most influential player that came to the Pacific Division this year behind Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weaker. And before that Kachuk trade, Kevin Fiala was the most significant add to the Pacific Division. 
And look, look at that. Like, I really like the four group. You got Kopitar, Fiala, Deneau, Kempe, Arvidsson. Alex Ifalo does not get talked about very much, but he should be. Trevor Moore is very good. Blake Lazote's good. Uh, Brendan Lemieux's fine. Grundstrom's good. Quinton Byfield, <laughs> Arthur Kaliev, Rasmus Kumari. Like- the LA Kings are my heir apparent to the Tampa Bay Lightning in terms of longevity and who's going to be the best team ever. They're They're... They have to win, right? To, we Air forgot. We forgot about Tobias. We forgot about Tobias Bornfot. Like he's like they. They have. They have good players who well, aren't Turk even pushing it. yet. Turkit Chromiak killed it. Uh, Fagamo killed it. Akil Thomas killed it. Anderson Dolan's killed it in the minors, and he's played in the NHL. They've got Helga Grands on the back end. We haven't even mentioned the fact that Brant Clark could turn into a number one right shot defenseman, and they're full. The roster's full with young skilled players. They have more ammo, more assets, more value they're, they're, to get whoever they want. They're basically in the league. They're basically if you're if if someone's asking us, well, what are the Sharks trying to accomplish here? L.A. L.A. is what the Sharks are trying to accomplish here. Mm-hmm. L.A. has a little bit more depth throughout their system than the Sharks do, and L.A.'s older guys. Like I'll say this, like you know, if you're going to be like you know. They, they had to eat money to get Burns out. They had to, you know, like Eric Carlson isn't what he used to be. Some of the older guys aren't exactly, you know, in, in San Jose where they used to be. And they're still contributing, but they're a little bit overpaid. Uh, L.A., Kopitar is still Kopitar. Quick was not quite, you know, vintage quick last year, but he was good. Uh, yeah. Dowdy, when he's healthy, is good. And so they're, they're old, expensive guys aren't drags. And their young guys are contributing. And Quentin Byfield doesn't have to rush in to be an impact center because he's got one of the best pure defensive centers in Philip Dano. And, oh, wait, another one of the best pure defensive centers in Anshay Kopitar ahead of him. So the hard assignments, he doesn't have to worry about that. He's an unreal skill for power. If you're a young center, if you're a young 19, 20, 20-year-old center, is there any better way to learn on the job than to have to be able to sit in a stall beside Kopitar, beside Deneau, beside uh, Dowdy? Behind, you know, there, you're just going to lose. If you just, if, if Quentin Byfield does not play a single game this year, he'll play a lot. But if he doesn't play a single game, just riding the bus to and from the airport in between games, if he was a healthy scratch 82 times, he'll progress just by being your, the guys he's with. If I had to pick one team in the NHL that has the outlook of the best possible future, it is the LA Kings right now. They scare the crap out of me, and I'm mortified to try and play them in the playoffs for the next 10 years. It, and every team should. Even I know the Oilers have a McDavid and a dry title. The depth and how this team is built with their young pieces scares me. Arthur Kaliev can turn into one of the best scorers in the league. He's got that potential. We haven't even talked about Velarde. We haven't even talked about Velarde. He was the sixth overall pick. Like, Turkut's not even on this team, and he was a top five pick. Like, they have so much. If they want to go get somebody, they can get them. If there's a big pitch at the deadline, they, they have the They athlete. were able to give up Brock Faber and a first. A, a first in a decent draft. Granted, I mean, it was a mid-first. Like, you know, it wasn't a high, high first. But it was a first in the draft. And Brock Faber, who was quite good. He's not a great prospect, but he's quite good. They were able to just do that, and it did not put a dent in their system. No. Like, you'd think normally you'd have to give up to get Fiala. You'd have to give up a top prospect like Clark or 
Turkit or Kaliev. No, they did. They gave Flamer and a first, and it didn't even dent their prospect strength. Uh, in terms of NHLE and, and prospects, Byron Bader's had them number one for three straight years. And they have and they're going to stay one for and they're going to stay one because GM Rob Blake is dropped there and their analytics crew down there have they've get it they get it they take the best players available at every round with the most skill potential then they breed them grow them the way they need to be grown you need to work on this aspect this aspect don't worry we'll put you in a position to succeed. And they oh, they scare the crap out of me. Period. The, the only the only thing the, the only thing the Kings didn't do last year was beat the Oilers, and they took them to seven. I mean, yeah, they're that's that's they're going to learn from that from that uh, series. I, Speaking of, uh, let's transition to our neighbors to the north, uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I mean, uh, the the thing the Oilers did was the thing. Okay, what did the Oilers lose? The, the Oilers lost. Uh, uh, Miko Koskinen. Yeah, Miko Koskinen went to Switzerland, I think. KHL yeah, he Switzerland. Went east. He went east. That's all I know. Yeah, he 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 left the league. Zach Cassian got traded, and they 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 ate some picks to get rid of Cassian's cap hit. Duncan Keith retired. Those things allowed them to a sign Jack Campbell, and b keep Evander Kane and keep Brett Kulak. I still don't love their defensive group. I still think there's some holes there. That is arguably their weakness. Campbell, I'm not sold on him, but he's definitely. If you were saying to me, do you think the Oilers should roll the dice on Costin and Smith, or do you think they should go with Jack Campbell? I'll take Jack Campbell. Nine times out of ten, I think Jack Campbell's the right move. And their forward group, they've got good players up top. They got good players in the middle. I'm not sure about their about their their checkers, but if you if the idea is you need to score more goals, the other team, you'd probably want the Edmonton Oilers forward group because. As we learned during a, a five-game playoff exit for the Calgary Flames, the Oilers can score goals. They might have issues doing other things, but if you need them to score goals, they've got the horses to do it. Uh, and, you know, everyone in their forward group from Yamamoto on up can score goals when they need them to. And that makes them a dangerous, dangerous hockey team. Well, they need to sign Yamamoto when they're $3 million in the hole right now. So something's got to give here. They need to sign Yamamoto and McLeod. Yamamoto has Arbrights. I really like and- McLeod. And no one's talking how good McLeod is. And they're three million over the cap with, you know, Clefbaum will go on LTIR. There's the rumor that Smith is also going to go on LTIR. Uh, Smith, I believe, is six point three million. Um, when you calculate it all in, they're they're pretty close. They have like a bit of cash left. Stuart Skinner is a more than capable backup. I did a huge piece last year on a Team North America. And I had him just off my roster behind like great goalies, like Carter Hart and Jake Ottinger. So like, like he's, he's, it's time for him to play. He's not going to have to do the heavy lifting. Jack Campbell will do that. Jack Campbell, one of the best personalities in the league in terms of just genuine niceness. He is always saying nice things about every human or thing on the planet. Um, I don't know how long Warren Fogel will be for Edmonton. Um, He's, he's the guy. He's the easiest guy for them to lose. He's, he's the guy who doesn't save the cash. He's the easiest guy. He's playing on your third, fourth line. You thought we thought maybe it'd be Puyarvi. Puyarvi's put himself in a Kachuk situation as well. He can walk himself to free agency next year. So if he breaks out, has thirty goals and sixty points, um, there's a hockey trade. There's a hockey trade percolating there. Yeah, he feels like by Christmas he'll be somewhere else. But he'll be he'll be he'll be playing some important minutes for them until he is. But, yeah, yeah. yeah I, you know, I think we've talked extensively about the Oilers uh, for the last few months. Well, I want reason. to compliment Evan Bouchard. 
because because Tyson the other one that they can move is Tyson Berry because Evan Bouchard is ready to do the number one PP and the regular top four shifts on the right side. Um, they've got Cody Cece as their other top four right D. He's been he was very good last year. Oilers fan, a lot of people don't want to admit it, but Cody Cece did his job just fine last year. But Evan Bouchard, a top 10 pick, right-hand shot that's developed the right way along. I hate when Edmonton does things right, by the way. I miss the decade where they just wasted everybody, and I could laugh, just just freely and, laugh at the and, Oilers uh, fans. They've got a – I'll say then this. They went got the coach that was the right they've, guy. They've they got went, a – Jay Wood – I think the difference with the Oilers is a full year of Jay Woodcroft. Because if, if, they, if they can keep their ears open and their eyes open, God, he's a good coach. He's really well, good. This is what everyone was crapping on Ken Holland and stuff like that. But Ken Holland's a slow build GM. He had to get out of the mess first. He was left with a mess and he's slowly building himself out of it. They still have a little bit of a mess, but they have a lot Keith less. Retiring, Keith retiring was huge though. Like Keith retiring, it was, if Keith wanted to stay, this team doesn't, this team doesn't keep Evander Kane or get Jack Campbell. Like they don't get either. So, or one or the other, one of the two. And yeah, it's it, he, that was a big, big dub for them in terms of being able to do something this offseason. So yeah. there's, they should be a playoff team. They should yeah. be a playoff team every single yeah. season. When you have the best player on the planet supplemented by another, like, top 10 player on the planet, you should make the playoff I, every single season. I would, and, and then, of course, Cowie Flames, uh, Kachuk, and Good Branson, and Johnny Gaudreau out. And so far, Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Uberdo in. They're they're gonna. I think they're they're a better defensive team than they were. The mm-hmm. goaltending is gonna be very good. Their defense is gonna be quite good, especially. I think Weger makes their defense slot a lot more readily, and I think it slots better. You have a deeper th- first, second, third pairing than they did a year ago. They're go- depending on what they do in free agency. I think they're still gonna need more goals, and I'm curious what they do with that. Mm-hmm. Huberto helps uh, a bigger role for Pani helps, but. I'm I'm sure they'd love to have another proven commodity in that respect. I don't know how they'd afford it. They have some work to do there, but I think that'd be it. But I I think Shane, if just looking at the the Pacific, three teams in the Pacific made the playoffs last year: Calgary, Edmonton, LA. In that order, the two wildcard positions were in the Central. Um, I'm this is going to be so weird because I think Calgary's Calgary's a little bit worse. Edmonton's about the same, maybe a little bit better because they have they're going to have full seasons of of all their guys, and I think their goaltending is going to be better. Um, I think LA is going to be better. So I think the gap between the the playoff teams in the Pacific is sort of shrunk. They're all sort of jammed together. I think Edmonton might be the best team in, on paper in the division. Uh, but you also have Vancouver who will take a step because uh, of the guys they got. Uh, don't know how big a step. I think uh, Vegas will have a bounce back. I don't know how big a bounce back. And I think with Vegas, if they get injury trouble they're in trouble because I just don't think they have the depth they used to have. They, they don't. But they have I, I, realistically, I think the, the t- I think there's five teams that could realistically make the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised in Calgary, Edmonton, LA, Vegas, Vancouver. Um, one yeah. or two good teams are going to miss the playoffs in the Pacific. I think there's going to be, I think the, you know, the, the talk of the weakest division in hockey uh, is going to go out the window quite a bit. And I think it's going to be, it's going to be a dog fight. I think all year, I think they're going to be a lot. I don't think it's going to be very much daylight between the teams that make it and the teams that don't. Right now. The only difference Calgary has in terms of their defense is they went from Eric Branson to Mackenzie Weger, which is not insignificant anyway, because uh, Mackenzie Weger is the number one defenseman. So <laughs> right shot, number one D 
unreal ad best defense in the division close to it close to it uh, especially weight the way they played last year what Sutter did with Zadarov um and Branson last year to rehabilitate their image league-wide actually give them positive metrics across the board and, and you know, you know basically also, let's, teach let's, them how to play the right way let's put this out there is the idea that you know Daryl Daryl's a hard-ass coach sometimes like he's very demanding on his players uh, but, you know, I think it says a lot about how Ryan Huska and Daryl ran the defense that it, A, it went so well, and B, Storov had a chance to go elsewhere. He probably would have gotten paid fairly decently elsewhere. He came back here. And I think that tells you something about, about how he felt about how it went. Oh, absolutely. Um, up front, yeah, dude, losing Kachuk's attitude does, does hurt. It, it does. Um, you know who else has an attitude that is shining bright and never, never fades? Andrew Mangiapane. Ain't nobody getting Andrew Mangiapane's face because he's just going to whop you. He does not care how tall you are. If you come at him, he's just going to punch you and get you back. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care. And they still got a bit of that grit there. They've got Luch. Ain't nobody messing with anybody when you have a Luch. He's, he is the toughest guy in the NHL, period. Uh, Curtis McDermott could give him a run for his money. I'll, but I'll say this I, though. I think say this though. What is what does Lucic have in the tank in his last year of his current contract? And on that note, after hip surgeries on alternating hips in the last two off seasons, what does, what does Sean Monahan, Monahan have left in the tank? We're I, I think Monahan if, of it all. I have to watch. Yeah, I have to watch it. I'm. You don't know any until you see him play another 15, 20 games. We can't like you. We're never gonna know. Even training camps, tra- like all that preseason, until we're in midseason form and seeing how he looks, we're not gonna know. And he could he come back? Sure, absolutely sure. Could he stay faded off? Sure, absolutely sure. So it just is. It's it's a complete coin flip with him. Luckily, I'll, I'll say this. Only, I do, I think out of all the teams in the Pacific, I think the team people don't know what to expect from. Is Calgary yeah. because so much of their identity was tied up in Gaudreau's swagger and Kachuk's cockiness and his his mouth guard and his wacky hair and all. Basically, the Kachuk and Gaudreau of it all. I think so much of the team's identity, or at least the external identity, was tied up in those guys that I don't think people know what to expect. And I think that could uh, work in the Flames' favor, or depending on how they reacted, it could it could work against them. So I think uh, that's the that's the X factor. I think we are in a complete new era of Calgary Flames. Their core is different. It has changed. Two years ago, it was Gio Kachuk and Goudreau and Monaghan. Now it's Monaghan, Lindholm, Manjapani, and is it Anderson? Is it Uyghur? Is it going to be Tanev? Like, I don't know who on the back end is going to take take the real reins. It seems like Anderson is still the guy. He was the guy last year. So how the ice time plays out with Uyghur, it very much intrigues me. Who Who is getting less? Because... Uyghur's not playing 17 minutes a night. <laughs> He's going to be playing more. Um, Shillington would seem like the obvious answer to get less, but we're not going to know until the season starts. So It's going to be an interesting preseason. They still need more pieces, and they still need to get everyone signed. Money, I don't think, is an issue anywhere across the board. So really for this season anyways, because Huberto coming in at only a 5.9 cap hit helps tremendously in terms of their being able to compete and actually fill their roster spots with quality players. So it's going to be an interesting season. And uh, I think it'll continue to be an interesting off season. I don't think they're done. I don't think a lot of the teams in the Pacific are done. I think there's still going to be a lot of jostling and 
I think we, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how that unfolds. Uh, we still have arbitration hearings on the books uh, for Andrew Majapani and Oliver Shillington in uh, the second week in August. I think uh, Shillington is the 10th of August and I believe Manjipani is the 6th. I might be off by a day for, for one of those guys. I think one's the 7th, but but just for listeners, typically, not 100% of the time, uh, player and team come to terms on a contract before the hearing takes place. A day or two before, usually. Typically, not always, but I wouldn't be shocked if if both of these got done ahead of their hearings. So. Well, we'll see. Uh, I think that, that basically does it. Uh, folks, this has been uh, the, the biggest month in the history of the website. And uh, for, for some reason, we're not sure why. For some reason, the podcast was, uh, I think, top 10. I think we were eighth, eighth or seventh. Eighth. Eighth. Yeah, Flame, Flames Talk. Pat and those punks at Flames Talk were number five. We were number eight looking up at the lights at, uh, at Pat and waving. Uh, but we, you know, we, uh, it's been uh, a very eventful summer. We really appreciate everyone for their, for the support. Uh, thank, thanks for reading, listening, watching, uh, sending Love us tweets, bricks with notes tied to them, any kind of communication, as long as it's cheerful. It's been, it's been an interesting and eventful summer and hopefully it'll continue to be. Uh, I think we'll, we'll, uh, we'll probably at some point we'll take a week or two off of the podcast We'll, we'll probably do another one next week at the very least to tee up arbitration and then we'll see. We'll figure it out from there. We haven't really come up with this system yet. Uh, we have uh, rip plugs to do the rest of the month. So at some point we'll have to take a week off and for Shane to, to, to wash his beard and for me to have a nap. It's okay. The Minnesota Vikings are about to disappoint me again for another year. So that'll, that'll distract me until the hockey. It's, it's, it's great to have constants in our lives. I mean, I have outside of 2016, I've had the Cubs to disappoint me every year. So it's nice to have those comforting constants in a, in a, in a tumultuous ever-changing world. We have these disappointments that always bring us down to earth and make us feel grounded. Uh, so uh, for, I think we'll, I think we'll probably end it off there uh, after talking about the Pacific for the better part of an hour and change. Uh, we're delivered to you every week by DoorDash and by uh, Eau Claire Distillery's Rupert's Whiskey, the official whiskey of the Calgary Flames. Hopefully you've had the ability to kick back, relax, and have a beverage of your of your choice uh, and uh, enjoy the what's been a, a very warm summer, a very short summer. We didn't really get a lot of summer weather until basically mid-June, but it's been nice and hopefully you've enjoyed it. Uh, for Shane, I'm Ryan. We'll catch you guys in a week for probably arbitration previews, which will be another beast of themselves. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 